Manny, you son of a bitch. I knew you were the right person to put in charge of this show. Now that Brandon's out of the way, Brandon's out of the way. Finally did the script I've been trying to do since day one about the women painted green with their boobs hanging out. You got all the messages in there about how you, they can't be trusted and uh, they look they look better with less clothes on. My only note, my only note, you got women on the ship. How come there's no women into the women? There was, it was right there. It was in my original draft. I don't know who cut it out, but I, you fire them. Rick, do I do I get to stay for season five? Oh no, no, I've sold everything off already. <laughs> you guys, did I not tell you this show was canceled? <laughs> I just bought a house, Rick. I just bought a house in Southern California. I, I hope you kept the receipt. Oh, Rick, this is disappointing. Can I at least write the finale to the show? I, I got a couple <laughs> favors that I died. I, I was getting drunk with. I was getting drunk with Frakes over the weekend, and I said, we don't have an ending. And he said, I got a, I got a free weekend if you want me to come over and do something. And so if you can work him in, you can do whatever you want. I'm really, I'm really disappointed in all of this. I'll, I'll speak fondly of you in the behind-the-scenes documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Sorry, that, that was, that was, I haven't done that voice in a while. That was a little bit more brand manager than uh, Rick Berman, I think. Yeah, we haven't, done, we haven't done Berman. Berman, I think, eventually became, um, uh, you're like too aware the first, of him. The first person to call emergency because he had a four-hour erection <laughs> after watching this episode. <laughs> we, yeah, you stopped doing... I think Berman just ran his course just because of um, at a certain point you become aware of what what Berman would do in this thing, and then then the the joke has died at that point. But he's back for Bound, mm. and we're going to be talking about Bound, which is the seventeenth episode of the fourth season. Came out on April fifteenth, two thousand and five. Written by Manny Cotto, directed by Alan Croker. In universe date is December twenty seventh, twenty one fifty four. It's not a part of any multi series arc. It's the last standalone episode of Star Trek Enterprise outside of the finale. It's not part of a multi series arc, but I play it repeatedly in my house. You got to have a lot, a lot of staying power to go with a plot like this for more than you're not gonna you're not gonna get multiples as they say out of this concept. <laughs> you're tired after about a half an hour. In this episode called Bound, while T'Pol and Tucker discover that they have developed a psychic bond, Captain Archer receives three Orion slave gifts girls as a gift for negotiating with the devious Orion syndicate with rather, rather disastrous results. That was a terrible reading, but that's a strange blur because I feel like they they put T'Pol and Tucker's thing first. When I, I don't really feel that that's the leading thing no. of that story, but no, anyway, we're here no, to talk that's, about that's Bound. definitely... Uh... Yeah, definitely a, a a secondary plot that one. I was um, yeah, not that it's unimportant. I was I was watching. I sat down on the couch last night. Amy was uh, reading, and I took the iPad and I plugged my headphones in. And she said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm going to watch um, Star Trek. I have to watch a Star Trek episode." She said, "Oh, you can put it on the TV." I said, "Ah, it'll be distracting. It's like there's a lot of noise and you're trying to read." She's like, "No, I don't like Enterprise. Um, I won't be distracted. You can just turn it on." <laughs> and so I put it on. And about 10 minutes later, she puts down her book and says, this is a very distracting episode of Star Trek. <laughs> I said, it is. It absolutely is. So we're here to talk about Bound. Um, I feel, I wonder if this is an episode where we need to stake our claim. Um, I guess there's a little bit of 
groundwork. This episode is despised. Despised. This is a very mm. disliked episode of Enterprise. Some people like it. It has yeah, it, our guess, friend but. our friend Darren gave it. He doesn't give uh, ratings, but he still called it one of the worst episodes of Star Trek ever produced. Jammer's mm, Reviews gave it, I think, yep. half a star out of four, which is as low as he will go. We're going to hear patron comments. I think the average rating from the patrons is 0. 0.1 for this episode. Um, so, you mean, why, who doesn't like the, 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 the crew of the Enterprise just sweaty and horny for 40 minutes? Well, that's, what's not to like there? Here, here, I guess, is where I have to... I wonder if we're going to... If we have to stake our claim early here just to see where mm-hmm. we're going to square off about this. I say this is comfortably a top five Enterprise episode. <laughs> like, unir- unironically. Um, yeah, okay. <clears throat> I, I come from a place here where I've constantly complained about this show that it has usually nothing to say about anything. <clears throat> and... I think this is a rare example of outside of observer effect in this season. This is potentially a, like a top two. Maybe the two best episodes of the show came in the fourth season. Um, wow. I don't know if that's there. There might be some. I haven't seen similitude and all the other stuff recently, but I think I'm going to remember this one more. And mm-hmm. I think what it comes down to is just that this is an enterprise episode that's actually about something plays against TOS fairly effectively and I don't buy any of the arguments that this is offensive to anybody, um, which is a big mm-hmm. negative of this episode. Uh, so I come in a place where I was kind of, I enjoyed this one. I thought it was, the other thing before I throw it to you is that this is an episode where the plot is not very good, right? But I'm willing to kind of forgive it because I think what they're doing is interesting. So there are technical problems with this episode, and I feel that once you get around the idea, I feel that this is a very stock Enterprise episode. Like, this has the bones of an Enterprise episode. Mm-hmm. But I like what's on top of it, and I, <laughs> I like what's writhing around on top of it. And I find that mm. worth... I find it. it's, it's in the same wheelhouse to me as... Um, that DS9 episode, Wrongs, Dark Than Death or Night, where Kira goes back in time and everyone got hung up on the time orb. And they're like, what is the time orb? How does this work? And sure. But I love yep. that episode of DS9. I feel similarly about Bound. I feel it's the same thing of me liking it. And I think that the people who don't like it are, are looking at a different thing than I am that I'm willing to admit is not great. But I think that the idea is interesting enough, especially for Enterprise. I'm very interested to hear this. Um <clears throat> That's not to say because I am the polar opposite of that because I thought it was fine. Uh, I, th- the thing it was that was for me was like it felt like they were so close to doing something clever, but they kind of uh, bricked it at the end. Um, I, I didn't I didn't find the uh, uh, it's actually the women who are controlling us to be a very fascinating or interesting twist. Hmm. Um yeah, it's uh, I. What? Why don't you? Why don't you take? It? I'm. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about it. So yeah, I, I like this one because I think that it is the rare enterprise episode that's actually about something. I think that it is um, an interesting take on feminism that's of its era. It's in like the third wave of feminism as opposed to the fourth wave that we're in now. Third wave is the Gen Xer idea that women um, can be their own selves 
in the feminist ideal. It's not the idea of like copying men or taking like masculinity into femininity, which makes you equal. It's about sort of being different and having their own uh, strengths and weaknesses, which makes women mm-hmm. women. Um, I think that this one is an interesting case of that where I, I feel like a lot of the the like discussion and the downside of this is that it's sort of a a horny episode for no reason. And I don't think I don't think that's true. I, I think mm-hmm. it has a point that it's making with this stuff. I think you might disagree about how you culturally think that the outlook of this episode, which is that um women have a different set of advantages over men can play. I think that you can sort of argue it as a kind of sexist thing. I don't think it is. And I think that it's what I, what I think that it does effectively is it's less of a twist and more just kind of a playing on the fact where the, the Orion girls in TOS were played as just kind of belly dancing sexual entertainment for the crew, right? Like that was their entire thing. I think that they they set them up here as a there's something else beneath the surface that you're not accepting in the TOS view of the universe and that there's something else going on and that you can, you can be sort of missing the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a neat pushback against what TOS was doing and just how like observer effect was a pushback against TNG and what TNG wanted to do. I think that enterprise kind of succeeds when it pokes at those ideas a little bit. And I think that they poke here. I think that they're sort of having fun with what TOS would eventually become uh, while giving it its own spin on what the characters are supposed to be. Yeah, um, I feel like my problem with that is just that I I don't really know if they are really doing anything that interesting with that except for giving it that sort of uh, flip moment with the... Because I get get what you're saying, and I I, I understand that the... um, you know, there is a power built into these women that is based off of their natural abilities and how they can use it to uh, uh, to have their own level of uh, agency and, and whatnot and uh, and control. Um, but I, I don't really know if I don't know. I, I mean, if. I would say poke would be the best term to use because I don't think that they really use this in any sort of meaningful way to change the status quo of the Orions. It just if and and I think the thing that's bothering me about it the most, and this this is one of, probably my biggest problem with the episode in general, is that you have this <clears throat> setup where these female characters are causing all the men to turn into horny monsters. And you are going out of your way to put more women on the Enterprise as crew members than have ever been on the show before. And every single one of them is just there to go, like, turn their nose up or then show up to Phlox's because they got a migraine. Mm -hmm. Um, When I think there is an opportunity there to to kind of play the other side of that equation, because all these men are, are, are incapable of doing their job. And so ultimately you would think that the women on the ship would be the ones that would need to deal with this. 
but ultimately it still comes down to essentially one of the men i.e trip to uh to kind of to put to pull everybody back and he's only he's only able to do it because he's got the hots for to paul so he's he's uh he's inoculated because he's in a real relationship yes um so yeah like i i don't i i don't necessarily disagree with that reading of it but i don't really feel like they're going far enough if that's what they're trying to do um I think there's a lot more stuff they could have done in that sphere to make it a, a little bit more, um, I don't know, interesting or thought-provoking, I guess. Because I, I, I think that I think that it fails in the sense that the plot is not interesting, right? Like there is mm-hmm. no, there's no story development that goes on here where, as you say, by the end of it, there's some kind of like interesting female-led flip or there's some sort of like females of the enterprise take over or there there's a kind of reckoning of what this means um it ends in a fairly stock the plan worked and now i'm going to take the enterprise and its captain back to the orion syndicate and i'm the winner and then they go no we're not going to do that we'll shoot everybody and then we'll save the day and trip will be immune to their powers so i agree that like on a very structural level, this is an enterprise episode where there's not a tremendous amount of plot going on. There's some action sequences, mm-hmm. but I'm not really blown away by what they're trying to say about this in the same way that I've hardly ever been blown away by an enterprise episode and how it sort of gets to its point. Mm-hmm. But what I think is my my pushback would be because there's another there's another strand of criticism of this, which is that the show is um in the same way that you were saying, like there's no female uh, pushback or sort of female angle on this. There's also no perspective of like, I I freely admit this is an extremely like, if you want to use the lingo, like heteronormative episode, it only assumes that there's heterosexuality that's going on. I I was, as I was watching it, I was thinking, man, they, they missed an opportunity for a layup there to, to have a couple of the women on the ship be like, Hey, what's up? You know, yeah, I was kind of surprised they didn't do that, but I see. Well, I guess my problem with it that is that like once I start going down that path, right, it starts to get to this point where how far like there has to be a focus to your episode, and I understand that in the grand scheme of things, most media is heteronormative, and most perspectives are seen as a heterosexual experience, right? Mm-hmm. That, but the the what that doesn't mean is that it's no longer acceptable that that can be the only story in your 45-minute episode, which is to say that once you start having a problem saying, like, why is there no gay character doing this? Why is there no woman pushback? Why is there not a female perspective? At a certain point, mm-hmm. you go, why is there no Inuit character in this show pushing back? Like, I, th- I, I think at a certain point... No, well, that, no, because but... the, point, the point of this episode is entirely about the male gaze on women. Right, sure, so sure. To, to bring in other plot lines to that only distracts you from what this idea is. So, while I understand that it's not realistic and it's not ideal to not have a sort of homosexual or non-sexual opinion about what this is saying, this episode is not commenting on that. It's not. It doesn't have an opinion about that, really. Yeah, I, I don't think I, that it's the episode's fault in a forty-five minute episode to avoid talking about those things because what i think this is is that this is an attempt to show 
what I consider to be true male toxicity. Like mas- <clears throat> this is toxic masculinity in the way that I agree that it exists, which is that it's this kind of like um, overwhelming male competitiveness about things like this. Sure. And that leads to all these problems. And I think that that's kind of fascinating. And I think that they cover it in a way that is believable, but because of the way they have to tell it, it has to be extremely focused on only heterosexual male perspectives. Otherwise, all the other strands are going to lose something, I think, from that point of view of what they're criticizing here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I. it's just tough for me because like, I, I, I get it, but I don't... I feel like they... It, it feels like the thing that they're saying is just hinged on the that one line from the uh, uh, the brainiac looking guy there I can't remember what his name is the, the oh, guy Hadar, that's in Hadar yeah. Sar or something like that yeah yeah it, it, it's like the entire thing hinges on him being like it's actually we who are the slaves to the to the the women and I don't really know if that's if I buy that as being like you know enough to really drive the point home if that's what they're going for. Um, yeah, I don't and, see it as a twist, though. Uh, like, you know what I mean? I, well, I see that okay, as more twist. he's stating the obvious. It's not a twist to me that I, I go like, oh, my God, the Orions are like, I see it as more sure. bad writing in the sense that he's stating the obvious about what the metaphor is. Here is like, you know, women have power, too. And it's like, oh, yeah, I, I got yeah, you guys. But it also feels kind of like an excuse for for everything else, because like at the end of the day, the or at the end of the episode, there's no um <clears throat> there's there's no realization that what the toxic males were doing was in any way their own fault you know it's still all put on the uh the fact that they were under the under the spell of the pheromones of of the uh sexy ladies mm-hmm. so it's like i i i i i see what you're saying but i don't necessarily know if the episode itself fully supports that reading of it, just because it it does feel like that it feels like a bit of a cheat to put all that stuff in there and then have that line just to make sure it's like, oh, we're actually we're trying to make a we're trying to make a point about power here to to kind of uh, save ourselves in the in the final final hour here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I don't know because like in order for the for the I think if you read just what's happening with the with the guys on the ship, then yes, I would agree. Yeah, perf- that's a, a great example of of uh, of toxic masculinity and and commenting on on that sort of approach to things. But if it's supported by the idea that no, it actually was the women who were causing this problem, um, I don't really know what you're supposed to take out of that as far as what the what the the theme or message is supposed to be. Yeah, but. Yeah. That I, but I do, I think there is some. If this is what they were trying to do, if that is what they were trying to do, I, I, I do award some points for taking a shot at it. Um, I don't know if they hit the net necessarily, but uh, I, I can, I can see, I can see where the interesting angle comes from. I mean, being a being a sci-fi show, they're stuck because they can't just have these women be <clears throat> super sexy. Because if sure. all the men yeah. fell for them, you'd go. What's going on? I don't really like, sure. and in and, and in real life, it's not like 
a, a gorgeous woman to, or, you know, if you want to make it non-normative, like a gorgeous person that everyone is attracted to walks in, it doesn't cause all-out chaos. It's, it's a subtle, sure. it's a more sure. subtle problem than that. So what Enterprise has to do is they have to say, well, the Orions have this pheromone that gives off that causes a kind of like basically like a psychic control, like you just you can't resist yourself. Apparently, it even stops you from just rubbing one out because Mayweather's just like, I gotta get through that, the <laughs> that man. <laughs> if if ever there was if ever there was a point where they were really pushing the boundaries of if they needed to have a heteronormative scene, <laughs> that workout scene was. Oh boy. Like that's you know you you kind of fan yourself down no matter who you are watching that scene. <laughs> that's the scene like, that got Amy's attention. I think is she's like, what? Look it just his, Mayweather's be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just I, he has a line. He's like, the pain makes me forget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a, the the crew does not have a healthy relationship with sex. Obviously, no, no. But I, I and I yeah. Go ahead. It's it's just that. I kind of forget what my tangent was before that, but it's the it's like there has to be a there has to be a sci-fi hook to what's going right. on. Right, there has just, to, yeah. they have to amplify it to cause yeah. the chaos yeah. to break down. Right, and so once they do that, they do as you say, they run into a problem of it becomes more of this like psychic angle than anything else that's going on. But I I just see it as. I, I try to. I'm trying to avoid digging too deep into it because I see what Kodo is trying to do by just you need to cause this reaction to happen. This sure, is the thing sure. that causes an over the top reaction, but it's just a metaphor for what is a much more subtle version of reality there. And like I think that this is, I think it's kind of in some ways my argument that they don't go far enough is that once things start falling apart, I feel like you could have had even more of a systematic breakdown of the Enterprise crew where the guys just mm-hmm. stop working together whatsoever because of this competition aspect that they're going. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That, that, would be my, that would be my sort of one critique of it. And the fact that um, they tried to do something with that Kelby guy, but Kelby seems like he's like related to Rick Berman or something is the only reason that he's on the show in the first place. Um, I live through him is all I can say in this episode. The younger, the younger Kelby who has this sex scene. I, I think that that's my, I find it an interesting take, especially for this show where it's going to stake out a position and say that women have this ability to distract men with sexuality, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's the argument against like uh, boys and girls going to school together. It's like it's like th- there's a distraction aspect here that is kind of like a pheromone because I don't actively sit there and go, I'm going to choose to be attracted to this person. It's something that just washes over you biologically. You don't really have control sure. over these kinds of things. So. I think that the show, what the show is doing is probably one of the best metaphors it's ever done in a sci-fi context. And especially for Enterprise, I think this is a rare beast that something like this happens. Yeah. You know, I mean, everything aside, I actually didn't hate the episode as an episode. Um, I I think that the... uh, I I do think it's really dealer's choice on on how you read the... the, um, what's what's going on but uh as far as the episode itself i actually thought it was fairly well put together as far as like a structure and everything like you said Mm. it it has 
story problems. Like, I don't even really know if anything ended up happening with that planet they were supposed to go to. I, I feel or it's that all very science contrived. vessel. Yeah. yeah I, the science I, vessel I, that yeah. shot at them and then just went away. You know, that stuff was very strange. Yeah. Uh, and they forget about it at the end anyway. Uh, yeah, it is. It is a very contrived kind of kind of setup. But like, I did. I did like the way that the um, tensions between was it Shel- Shelby? Thel- what the hell's his name? Kelby. I think his name is Kelby. Kelby. <clears throat> the tensions between Kelby and uh, Trip. Trip gets amplified once Kelby kind of starts falling under the uh, uh, the pheromone power. Because it's it it's coming out of him as being jealous about his uh, uh, trip coming back and taking his position and stuff and yeah, you know, it's an escalation of an already existing real right. problem between the two. Right. Yeah, I like that stuff. I kind of I when they did that scene, the first scene where the two of them were going at it, I was like, oh, okay. I kind I was kind of into it at that point, but I I I didn't totally feel like there was enough of that going around. You know what I mean? Like there mm-hmm. wasn't enough scenes like that for me to really click in with what they were trying to do um you know for for that scene being as short as it is you've got just pumping pumping weights mm-hmm. pumping weights and yelling with uh <laughs> with with no real um you're gonna need more weight you gotta need more weight <laughs> yeah yeah i mean <laughs> And they they also missed the they also missed the opportunity for like Reed to not be affected by it and no one be able to figure out why. Yeah. Yep. Um or no character you know, whoever does that. Yeah. Uh but but yeah, it's 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 an interesting episode. I cuz I do it, it I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what the the listeners say because <laughs> it is I can see very easily why it is so derided and i i i don't know if well let's quote unquote what they're i don't know if quote unquote what they're trying to do is done uh deftly enough to counteract the stuff that i can understand people being like yeah this isn't great so Mm. i'm curious to hear what they say well all right so here's a, a general take that you can um that i think is a general perspective about this episode that you can see if you agree with. Is there ever a reason to sexualize female characters in a story? Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't see why not. Does this episode unnecessarily sexualize the characters? Um... That's... That's a tough one. Uh, it's kind of it's tough because you've got characters who are by nature already sexualized. You so, mean canon, canon wise? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's 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 a tough one. I'm not really sure what the answer to that is. So say say that they keep the plot the same, right? But they dress mm-hmm. them decently. Mm-hmm. Is that an effective? visualization like i i guess that the problem would be that i think there is a kind of pushback against this which is that this is unnecessarily sexualized for no particular reason and i think that maybe that's a very aggressive take on that tale but my pushback is the story itself requires these women to be sexual that that's like that is the the gist of what they're doing here yeah i would agree with that they're 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 dressed that way 
not only because it's canonically how the Orions dress, but they have to cause immediate... Um, they have to draw immediate attention from the male crew members or the the people who would be attracted to them on the ship. Sure. If they're sure. dressed up like pilgrims, it's harder to get this point across. Like the the Orion right. culture is in this episode a commentary on how easily distractible and fragile the male attention can be, and that mm-hmm. these women are using it to their advantage. And the twist, if you want to call it that, is that they actually run the society all around, and that the, this is the sort of the the con, I guess, that you take from away from Orion society is that they set themselves up as slavers who then export the women who control the planets and then st- steal stuff from them. That's, sure, that seems sure. to be the game. So, I would just disagree that I, I I push back hard on the idea that if something is sexualized in this way, it's automatically not appropriate to do like this is right you know there is there's a there's nothing wrong with the female body the male body or anybody but there's also nothing wrong with characters using their sexuality to get something especially if the point of the story is that they're using their sexuality to get things from people i think that it's appropriate in this case sure i think what's i think what's missing is if you get to the end of this and they're like the Orion slave women have a pheromone that makes men go wild and go crazy. And and then at the end, they're like, yeah, we do. We didn't use it, though. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You know what I mean? Something where it's like it takes it takes some of the uh, the direct blame and negativity away from, you know, I, these these women were the, the, the crew doesn't learn anything, I guess, is my point. There's, Correct. Like the, at the very end. To Paul, makes a couple fairly solid statements, and they both go, <laughs> "Yeah, that can't be what you came up with. That sounds like a man came up with that one." You know, like yeah. like they kind of really undercut the whole point, or maybe they reinforce it. I guess depends on how you look at it. But but like it's that th- nobody learns anything from this situation. Agreed. And I and I think that is what is missing from. Uh, making a making a kind of of point where it's like you're putting it out there but you're not totally follow, following through with your characters coming out the other end having learned something about what just happened. And that's to say I don't yeah. I don't necessarily think that every story needs to be like a morality play or anything, but um it just it is it is such a it it it, it comes off as such a oh it was their fault now that they're gone, we're fine kind of thing that I feel like it needs some sort of ambiguity there or some sort of one of them coming away at the other end being like, you know, maybe we should take T'Pol seriously. Something like that. You know, like mm. where it's like somebody comes away from the experience being like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it, again, like in like in uh, like in Anchorman, that one scene with uh, Danny Trejo at the bar where he's like, it's the 70s. Women can do things now. That's you right. know, like it. They, they they don't have nobody comes away with having learned anything from this experience, and I feel like that is what's sorely missing from this. I, I would agree. Um, my semi counter to at least defend my perspective is that, as I, as I said before, this is an enterprise episode, and sure, that's what sure. enterprise yeah. does. Like it's yeah. a so my 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 praise of this one is sort of relative to enterprise as a whole, where. Mm-hmm. Enterprise has never been particularly good at 
explaining what it's talking about in some ways. I think that my difference here is that uh, Enterprise rarely takes unusual or interesting positions on things. It did an observer effect where it d- d- like uh, blatantly comes out and says the TNG interpretation of the Prime Directive is immoral, and it, it mm-hmm. sticks to that. This one is, if you want to call it reactionary or something, it's a it's an examination of male weakness in against femininity that is interesting i don't think that i don't think this franchise has ever really done something like that like they did like this is not angel one where the only thing of angel one was that women are in charge and it's like okay like yeah what does that mean that doesn't mean anything it's it's exactly the same as uh if men were in charge because Riker has sex with them you know it's like that that kind of a thing right but this is this is at least doing something really interesting and you know as far as plot goes i am completely aware that a lot of the plot here taken in a sense of reality makes no sense but i love the theme and the idea that they're going so much that i will overlook the fact that archer leaves male guards to guard the orion women you know and to paul doesn't bring anything up there, there's this lack of like understanding of what the situation is as the characters are that aware. Was- I thought that was baffling when they, when they <laughs> to Paul is standing there. They're kind of aware at that point of what's going on. He's about and to unlock leave, the door. Archie's about leave, to open the door. Yeah. Yeah. And they leave two guys. <laughs> two guys. Yeah. One of whom is, is got the, the horny sweats already. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, nobody, like, that's what I mean about the female presence being the counterpoint being like, how is to Paul not, being like, hey, why don't we get Hoshi and uh, Mako Sarah or whatever her name is, come out yeah. here and do this instead of you know uh, these two horned up goofballs, right? And I I agree that that is a these are weird plot decisions that they had to do in order to make this script work because I don't think that what he- <laughs> unless unless they had gone the really crass way to work in other non-heteronormative stuff where they're like yeah, yeah we put we, we put mako sarah in charge oh no <laughs> not sarah <laughs> i forgot archer, archer builds a gay armada or something against the the <laughs> en- encroaching Orion yeah that's threat. that's that's not the best way to work that in um <laughs> they cut that note from <laughs> rick's yeah. no good cut there there's no i i think that in order to make its point about what it's doing, it kind of had to ignore stuff like that. And I think that it, like it, okay. there's no way there's no way in any sense that this is like a great perfect episode of Star Trek because I don't think mm-hmm. that it is. Um, its plot is strange. Its plot is kind of weak. I don't really understand like what's the point of sending the Orions onto the Enterprise when the guy has Archer at the start and he's clearly under the spell right. of the women. None of this right. has to happen. Like, this is all right. very artificial. Yeah. Or on the other on the other side of things, why, once the women are off the ship, doesn't the other guy go, whoa, right. let's get Snap the fuck out, out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've accomplished it. There's, yeah. there's zero plot uh, consistency in this, I don't think. Like, I, I, I see all the problems and I see all the flaws. It's so to, to wrap to or at least to close it out with the other thing that I like about this is that 
finally, the blue balls of Trippin' to Paul has ended. And I thought right. in a really thematically nice way that they tie this in somehow. It's an extremely maybe old-fashioned view that because Trip is now in a stable relationship, he's he's immune to the the temptations of the Orions. That's probably not going to be the story that would ever make a an HBO um, quality drama show. I don't think anyone is going to write the scenes it, like that or anything. It wouldn't even make a modern Star Trek show, I don't think. No, it wouldn't make a modern Star Trek show. But I, <clears throat> I think that the point is sound in that yeah. Trip's infatuation on one person is preventing, it's giving him myopic vision and he's able to ignore the Orions around him because they mm-hmm. can't have that power over him. I thought that was kind of neat. And it's an, it's a, it ties in thematically to the daydreams where they admit finally that they've been daydreaming about each other. But it's like his, his tunnel vision is onto Paul. The Orions right. have no power over him. I thought it was kind of charming in some ways. It was like, the, it was the clearest statement of how these two actually feel about each other in 25 episodes that they've been, yeah, they've been yeah. diddling around with this stuff. And I, I, I liked it. I thought it was good. And even, even there though, at the end of the episode, he does give her kind of like the cool shoulder. Mm-hmm. Where so it's like they've yeah he they've crossed her. over yeah they've crossed over but he's been lying to her <laughs> he lied. <laughs> whole, great great foundation of a stable relationship their whole relationship is built on sort of one upping each other or like getting yeah. the, getting getting over on the other one but did you like the chirping to ball stuff or did you think that it was I mean because the argument against it I guess would be that it's an extremely old fashioned um like if you took it to its extreme it's like. The thing that'll save everybody is marriage, right? It's like once you once you get married, that'll change sure. things, and you'll be you won't be you won't uh, find desirable anyone else. I, I think that's obviously very childish, but as the Orion plot and its take on male uh, distraction and lust over females is a very simple idea, like a very mm-hmm. simplified. The trip stuff is simplified too here. I think sure fittingly. Yeah, as a, as a as a. <laughs> As a sci-fi counter to this sci-fi idea of men being too horny for mm-hmm. sexy ladies, I think it was fine. Yeah, um, it is. It is extremely convenient. Uh, and when they when they were going down that road, I was like, oh, okay, that's. I mean, that's that's kind of cute at best for me. I don't really know if I if I love it. Um, I'm more interested in what's going on with uh, flocks because apparently these pheromones have fucked him up so he can't sleep right can't or sleep. something or yeah. yeah it's i guess they had to come up with something for him to 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 bother him with i don't know Shouldn't why he be like that... affected the most because he's like from the hypersexual everybody's a swinger race yeah i don't i don't know why i guess it's because he has to he has to still be able to do his job i, I don't really know why he's <laughs> reacting to it differently um, i mean because they have brought up his sleep cycles before so unless they're just trying to make like a connection that this is the thing that will screw him up i don't yeah. i don't really understand why that's the case yeah yeah i think overall it's it's t- it's a tough it's a tough read you know because i think there's the quote unquote uh character version of rick berman read where it's a story about um okay so the sexy Orion women come on and they make everyone so horny that they can't do their jobs and all the women on the ship turn into crabby PMS ladies so mm-hmm. they're not attractive to to all the men who are lusting after the hot titty ladies. Yep. And and the, oh but 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 Trip Trip isn't affected because he's in a relationship. It's like uh, you know, it's yep. 
Blech. Um, might need another draft on that one. But uh, yeah, if you if you read it as being more uh, thoughtful than that, um, I think it does. I think it 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 opens it up, but I also think it. For me, it, it kind of goes the other way from what you're saying, where I, I feel like it magnifies, if you're going to read it that way, it magnifies the the problems with the story because, like, I I think it would be a, I don't know if a, if a interesting, well, I might be saying something that I've said the opposite of in the past, but I don't know if an interesting theme told poorly from a narrative point of view uh, is really that i don't know if it evens things out you know what Mm -hmm. i mean yeah um especially one like this where it seems to be very easy for people to read it in a different in a different way so i think it's i think it's user you know your mileage will vary depending on on, uh, how you want to read this one yeah i wonder if because i i feel that the what I what I think it does is that I think the episode avoids just being about their sexy like if if there was no if there was no difficulty amongst the crew like if the if the women were just like if if the if the entire plot was just the scenes like Reed and Mayweather lifting weights going like oh my god oh my god like if it was all that ah. I'd say. That's that's the that's the Rick Berman story, right? The quote unquote Rick Berman story is that sure, kind sure. of a thing. But I think they do a lot with just more the, weight. The, the male, the fact that they all start fighting amongst each other, like mm-hmm. they sort of revert to this reptile lizard brain type reaction because these uh, women have come on board. I think that there is where the real interesting thing happens that makes it seem more modern than it's the 60s scantily clad women come on and everyone can't get their job done. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it lives in that <clears throat> it lives in that detail there and it lives in this sort of like the scene where um, Archer talks to the leader of the Orion girls in his quarters and he's trying his damnedest. He's like, listen, you're not a slave anymore. Why don't you go start a tax business or something somewhere? <laughs> and she's and she's um, pushing herself on him, right? And it's like you see in Archer this, he's trying to sort of do the right thing, but yeah. he's unable to do it. And I think that it's just a, um, it's a neat push back against that because I, I see it as fairly, um, if not empowering, the Orion women are knowing what they're doing with this game that they're playing. And it's sure. it's sure. um it's quote unquote empowering to them because it would be the exact opposite of like if there was a male story where men just went around beating up women because of like superior strength, you go, Well, this is not very you know, it's 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 logical it's it's logical in that that's how they would take advantage of their situation. And the Orion women do what they do to take advantage of their situation, if that makes any sense. So it's they they're they're using their natural innate abilities to get ahead in a way that is um difficult for the enterprise crew to get around, obviously, is the way that it is. But I just I have a hard time seeing them 
as being taken advantage of in this episode. I don't see the Orions, the females, that way. Um, no, I, I don't think they're being taken advantage of. I, I wonder... <clears throat> I wonder how much of the criticism of this is... Uh, is is leveled more towards the the creators of it you know what i mean where it's like they yeah they seem to be putting this out there without any uh really great um sense of how these characters should i think it comes down to what i said before where it's like that there's there seems to be no acknowledgement in the show of of the cat by the the crew of the enterprise that maybe they should have done something differently or maybe they should do something or should have learned something. So it it makes it feel like, therefore, the people who created the show don't have a, a grasp on, yeah. on this metaphor that they're playing with. Um, I guess what's the, what's the lesson in that? Like, if you were to, like, good writing be damned, what is the lesson that they, that Archer and the crew take away at this? Because I, I'm having a hard time pinning down how you say it in a way that makes sense to both the situation and reality. So, like, would, Ar- would Archer just be like, well, you know, we have to think with the brain in our heads, men. <laughs> I, 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 I guess I... Well, I mean, it could be it could be as simple as just having them respond differently to what T'Pol says at the end of the episode, because like coming coming off of all of that stuff and then having them just write write her off as making a joke that is influenced only because of the fact that she's sounds like T'Pol, sounds like Trip yeah. is incredibly dismissive of of T'Pol as a character, and I know the idea is that it's supposed to be like oh well. They got this mental link and blah 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 blah. But in yeah. in universe in that c- scene, it comes off as incredibly dismissive. Mm-hmm. And if they were to <clears throat> take to heart the th- like, they'd be like, "Ha ha ha ha!" It's so funny. And she's like, "I'm not fucking joking, guys." And they kind of like have a come to Jesus moment, like, "Oh, geez, yeah, I mean, sure. that's a good point, Tabala." You know, some <laughs> I think it's as simple as something like that could could do a lot. I think for for it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess my problem with um I I would I would agree with that. Like I think you can rewrite that ending scene where it's um th- what's funny about that ending scene is it feels very much like how a lot of uh, TOS episodes end where Bones, Spock and Kirk have like this sort of like naked oh, gun sure. freeze yeah. frame laugh moment <laughs> with everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know if that's what they were going for. I I, I what I think is tough about sort of wrapping this one up is that I think it's hard to draw a point to something when the point that they're making is a kind of like innate biology thing. It, it's hard you like you can recognize what's going on, you can be like, wow, I a character would have to be like, I guess we shouldn't I guess we shouldn't think about things in terms of sex you know it's it's hard to Mm -hmm. it's hard for them to come to a conclusion where they go here's a protocol we can put into play so this never happens again because it's it's talking about what's innately in them and that they can't get around and so i don't know how you wrap it up at that point but i would agree that um 
T'Pol should probably have a better stance, or at least T'Pol should be, um, even just to mirror the Orion women, T'Pol should be the victor at the very end of whatever that conversation is that they choose to have. Right, yeah. And I I think the other thing that does this episode no favors is it does not seem to have been um, a cultural retcon embraced by every show to come after it. (laughs) In, ter- oh, in like, terms, of, yeah, like, like uh, the modern. yeah, like I don't know if uh, if what's her name from uh, season three of Discovery is in charge and using her pheromones to keep all of the male Orions at bay. You know what I mean? Like, it seems to be, yeah. yeah, it seems to be something that was not recognized as a way they wanted to go and uh, and kind of jettisoned. Because um, I mean, if you are going to if you if you were going to choose to recontextualize the entire Orion race in such a way, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff you could mine there. But um, you know, clearly the franchise has chosen not to do that. I, I I think that you run into the problem like the Orions here are a Borg version right where if if you consider this to be canon version of what the orions are this reveal is the peak of what you can do with this species really because anything after that you're just going to you're going to do what discovery did which is that the woman orion is in charge and she's a villain you know she's just a villain she's just a bad guy and i think that the orions don't have the Orions, in terms of this twist, are set up just for it to be like a one-episode-off character or a one-episode type of alien that you run into. They're not mm-hmm. set up in a way that the Cardassians or the Klingons or even the Ferengi are allowed to be like continual story devices that come mm-hmm. from them. Um, and well, I would also say... Sorry, I was going to say, I would also say it kind of goes against the logic set up by the show itself or the canon set up of the show itself. Because like there's not there's no whiff of this in when they go to the Orion slave camp or whatever no. with uh, with uh, Sung, you know. Yes, this is very clearly a new development, which uh, is unless what, you which is assume that the con is so good that it runs like a well oiled machine. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if the, if this is a Danny Ocean level con, yeah. sure. I think you'd have to um, assume that if that's that's the the tack you're going to take with it. Yeah, and so I mean that's I think that's another reason why I don't totally buy the change over in this one because it does feel like it is here specifically for this episode and is not something that they have considered on either side of this episode yeah um and you know i i think your mileage will vary with that as well i mean if you want to look at this as a standalone episode where they they do this i think there's probably more wiggle room as to whether or not that matters Mm. um but yeah i think i think a big problem is that the franchise as a whole doesn't has chosen not to support this episode so. yeah I, I mean i don't i don't like the orions anyway like it, it's kind of what they, they yeah they just they're kind of, they're generic at this point they're just the green skinned sure. guys but i i guess the final point was coming into this and knowing that this was not a very well received episode i i thought it was going to be a tus episode on enterprise where TOS right. gets by not because it, yeah. because it's a product of the 60s. And you go, yeah, they just had women in green body paint shaking their breasts in Kirk's face. And you know, yeah, yeah. That was the times. That's what we did. I was expecting th- those kind of hijinks set on Enterprise. And at that point, I'd go, 
wow, they took their homage to TOS and they really didn't do anything with it, which is unfortunate, which is probably why people are reacting it to so, ba- so badly to it. But I think that they spun it. Like, they didn't spin it in an original manner. They didn't spin it in a way that they go like, wow, I've never considered that before. But they did something with it. They sure, yeah. Th- moved, they, moved the, they moved it a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. That's it. I would say, I would say it's an interesting attempt, but I don't know if they... St- they definitely i don't know if they stuck the landing like the 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 approach was great yeah i think the approach was great once they hit the spring i think things get a little dicey um i think uh, like a i think it is a is a complex idea that required a, some more time to gestate mm-hmm. um just because I, there's because I, I i i like w- like what you're saying I, I like the idea that they're trying to take this concept of the green skinned you know nympho alien and turn it on its head i i like that um but yeah i think i think maybe it it needs a bit more refining for me to really be behind it but i do appreciate the attempt yeah yeah all right well we can go to patron thoughts and that'll give us um something to to find them wrap this up with so that's it thank you very much everybody for listening to our coverage of bound if you want to support the show you can go to patreon.com slash the penske file the best way to do it a couple dollars a month gets you extra stuff you get extra podcasts you get the ability to vote on what we cover next year oh, that poll has already ended but you decided on what real right uh not real right but ron horror picture show covers next year uh we talk about different things like we have the discord channel available for the patrons we did uh i did a live stream of a star trek episode the other night that was kind of fun things like that patreon.com slash the penske file and as always wonder if my voice is going to be able to get through this. Uh, the Captain Tier supporters, <coughs> I don't think my voice is going to do it. I appreciate you all. You want I can't s- read your names. I might have to send you, you the... Um, you can send it to me and I'll read it if you want. I'll send you the uh, the uh, patron thoughts. I'll do a special Patreon hangout for everybody uh, before this comes out for the end of the year. So I'll send this to Discord. <coughs> and as always, Captain Tier supporters on Patreon get to leave... Not Captain, but the $5 and up gets to leave their thoughts about upcoming episodes. And we read them on the podcast. The first one is Kyle Barrett. Okay. Bound. Who let Berman back in the writer's room? The nearly naked green girls return, and the episode tries to justify its lurid horniness by throwing in what I guess is supposed to be a feminist twist at the end, with the Orion women being the ones in control. But whatever it's trying to do, it fails. There's a modicum of fun to be had, but the heteronormativity is back. The men get sweaty and wank their way through a year's supply of Kleenex in two days. And as soon as sex is mentioned, every woman on the ship gets a headache. The interpersonal drama would probably work better if the guy playing Kelby could act. If I were to give it a letter grade, it would be a B plus for bad plus terrible. (laughs) I would argue that no one is... uh... The the secret weapon should just, just be all the guys just masturbate and they confront the Orions and the Orions are like, What's happened? They're like, You have no power over us anymore. For the next for the next seven minutes you have no power. Like you curious. forgot you forgot one thing, Orions. We have the internet on this ship. It'd be a subplot of tripping to Paul or trying to get pregnant or something, so he has to use like in vitro fertilization. He's immune to this whole thing. It's all that kind of stuff. Thank you very much, Kyle. The next comment comes from Matt Ross. 
Bound. Sexy time returns to Enterprise and Roddenberry would have approved. That aside, why does Archer keep wonder- wandering all over the bridge when talking? And when the heck is T'Pol getting a uniform? Kelby's flat jealousy of Trip is just that flat. The fact that Archer is thinking with his dick from the get-go and his ability to not even suspect Trap is a bit bizarre. Luckily, the coy now almost chased to Paul and Trip relationship saves the day to stop the pheromone issues and Trip's denial of his connection with Paul is annoying. Knowing that the Orions make men nuts. <laughs> Sorry, I thought that I, I thought that was going to be a different. I didn't know that was different use was of nuts. Noun, yeah. Knowing that the Orions make men. <laughs> <clears throat> Knowing that the Orions make men nuts really makes you wonder why men are guarding them in the first place. Turning the Orion slave girl story on its head, however, was a nice touch. Three green girls out of five. Yep. Next comment is Royo, who says... Bound. I commented in the Ragin review that Archer got seduced by an espionage agent again, and it wasn't the first time it's happened given that awful Riza episode. Well, here we go yet again, only this time they include a twist straight out of TNG's Season 1, Angel 1, with the woman in charge. Scraping the bottom of the barrel doesn't even begin to describe it. Kill me now. 0.5 out of 5. 2.5. We have two more. <laughs> just It just was two words. It just says, shit sandwich. <laughs> two-word review. You can't write that. Who wrote that? <laughs> this is point extra G. <clears throat> One last Rick Berman impression for old time's sake. Might as well have some fun at this turd of an episode's expense. Everyone starts fighting amongst each other is a trope that's done to death. Over-sexualized ladies romping around the ship has been done to death. This is just a bad episode. One out of five horny crewmen being led around by their junk. In the final... See, I, I, would, I, would, I would agree with you in uh, um, contrary to what some of these have said, where it's not just the fact that Archer gets duped by a sexy lady. Like there is a another component involved. Um Archer's not an idiot in this episode, I don't think. Like he is at the mercy of this telekinesis thing, the same way that everybody else is. Right. Know? Right. Um in Rajan, he makes bad decisions in that way. Right. I would agree with that. Yeah. Like um do you think <clears throat> Do you think Reed and Mayweather were able to resist the urge to blow that science vessel out of the out of the space because they had just come back from the gym? I thought you were going somewhere else to resist the urge to blow. I was like, oh my god, they, they've come up with a loophole to get around the old lines. They're in the gym constantly. They didn't. They did not. Here's the final. I don't know what that science ship was. What that was that just yeah, a ship really on the weird. planet? I guess, yeah. Like the whole the whole thing is just so, like you said, he's on the ship at the yeah. beginning of the thing. They got him. They got him. Just fly away. <laughs> we we didn't really. T- I I guess there's there's other things about that. So it's very confusing. They got him at the start. He tells them this story about there's this planet full of this ore that they're going to want, and mm-hmm. Arch is like, I I want to believe him because he had uh, titties in my face, and it sounded like a great idea to do that, and so he goes off and does it. But then they find the planet, and it does have the ore on it. So right. it's not even right. a lie that that's the case of what it is. And, yeah. And then I was, you know, I was expecting when they get there, Arch is like, "What happened?" And and then the Orions do their 
reveal trap where they they seduce a guy to blow up the engines and it causes the ship to break down and then the guy comes and takes them but he told them the truth about the planet for some reason and because i would have thought that you could easily archer was being swayed by the sexiness Mm -hmm. and he wasn't fully in his own faculties when this guy was telling him this story so that when in the scene where he's explaining it to paul he comes across as a guy who a pretty girl told him something and he desperately wants to believe it you know he's like right, he, he told right. me that, that we're going to be able to dig it up it'll be great we should all do it so it's, it's strange she said is she said if i just do her homework for her we can hang out right it's, it's that that's what it feels like and to paul yeah. gives him a reaction where she has raised eyebrows like why why are we why are we doing this and yeah it's it's one of those contrived things where it's like i feel like i can see the writer's room discussion where it's like well if archer's on the ship the orion ship at the beginning but they can't just take him because if they just take him enterprise is going to track them down yeah it's another chase episode yeah yeah and it also we need to have the the girls on the ship in order to get them to influence everybody so we got to come up with a reason for them to be on the ship and then for them to go somewhere so the girls can then dis disable the ship what's interesting so they can't chase them down once we take archer away what's interesting is that they have you meet the male orion at the start and they don't just have like a stranded ship where they've pulled the three orion women off of it you know right and then the end is the reveal that, oh, I planted those women there because you would pick them up. They'll seduce you, and now now I can steal you, Jonathan Archer. Um, right. They don't do that. I don't, I don't know. Uh, we didn't talk about... I thought the dance sequence was kind of awesome, actually. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Apparently, it's a um, like a four-time MTV Video Music Award winning choreographer was hired to really? do that choreography. Yeah. Okay. All right. I thought it's shot well. It's interesting. Yeah. It has dialogue going on between Hadar, Assad, or whatever that guy's name, and then Archer at the same time as it's happening. It was good. Mm -hmm. Final comment from Groppler John Zorn is coming to you right now. Okay. Bound. For context, after 39 years of Star Trek to this point, there is only only the fourth. This is only the fourth time we see the Orions. Oh, wow. That's interesting. TNG, DS9, and Voyager completely shied away from them, and perhaps with good reason. In the Menagerie, Lena appears in a Telosian fantasy to seduce Pike. Then, in Whom Gods Destroy, Marta's function is to act cray-cray, dance, and be killed. Now, believe what you want about this episode being out of touch, I happen to find some nuance. Rather than a race which literally represents women as subhuman commodities to be thrown away, these Orions present the notion of an outwardly-facing patriarchy deviously controlled by an inwardly-facing matriarchy. As sci-fi, as sci-fi, I happen to think that's interesting. Certainly more interesting than either Kurtz's Emerald Stain or any of Trek's previous half-assed attempts at exploring feminism. Four out of five, and a shout-out to Tripp's non-toxic masculinity for saving the day. <laughs> He still shoots people, though. He still he solves it by shooting people. <laughs> he does. It's necessary. So you know, it's like it just proves who stops a, a <laughs> evil, who stops an evil woman, a ba- a good guy with a gun. That's is right. what they say, right? Yeah. For behind every powerful man, there's a woman pegging him. <coughs> All right. So, thank you, Grapple John Zorn, for the final comment about that. I agree with your comments. Most of all the patrons' comments. Um, that's it. Thank you, patrons, for your feedback. Clay, 
you have any thoughts? Uh, I guess you can use your final thought space to answer some of the Patreon here, the patron comments here, because I thought that that was um, fairly representative of what I think the general feedback about this episode would be. So thank you very much, patrons, for supporting the show. Thank you for leaving your patron comments. And Clay, you have a chance to uh, respond to that and give your final thoughts now at this point. Yeah, no, it's interesting because I, I do see both readings of it. Um, and I, I do think that the complexity of what they're trying to do is hindered by maybe not not being uh, presented in the most deftly handled manner and also the rest of the surrounding episode not necessarily being narratively make a lot of sense mm-hmm. um that being said i you know i would i would give it a three i enjoyed it i think it's an interesting an interesting story with uh some some kind of fascinating things going on um i think it's well put together it's i think at this point in the series it's hard to get one that's just like straight up bad like from a technical yeah standpoint um yeah, I think I think this has a lot working against it, but I do think there are some interesting things going on, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I said my piece about it. I just <clears throat> to sum it up, I think it's um I think it's an interesting case of it's an episode that time has somewhat passed it by where mm-hmm. its point of view of the era it was written was seen as more supportive and feminist than what the modern context about what these things are supposed to be allows for. Like, I think people are harsher on this kind of an attitude nowadays than they were even 20 years ago when the episode was written. I I would actually be really interested to see what the, the contemporary responses to this episode were. Because while I do agree that I think that stuff is, um, everyone is so heightened for that stuff now that uh, something like this is going to get, it, it makes sense to me that something like this gets, you know, blasted the way that it does. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think I, that I, the, I, yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I, I'll, I'll finish after you um, uh, say whatever you well, want. Well, I, so. I was just going to say, I, I would be curious to see if at the time, this was greeted more favorably or if at the time it was still like, yeah, this ain't it guys. Mm. I think it was, I think it was, I think it, I don't know hundred percent. I'm seeing mostly reviews that are written uh, with a retroactive view, even if they were written a few years after the show had aired. So a lot of 2010, 2020, 2018, 2015 stuff. I, I just think that, What I, what I think that it does is, to me, it really highlights this modern trend of overreacting to sexuality, and it's specifically female sexuality. So it feels like, in a modern sense, the only sexuality that's kind of allowed to be played is male sexuality that's ironically playing it as old feminist sexuality used to be played. So like you're you're allowed to use men in the way that you used to be able to use women as either a joke oh, or see. a plot line. Sure, sure, yeah. Um I think that <clears throat> what this does is that it uses the old 60s idea of what you're allowed to do to women 
but it dresses it up in a way that's actually like the men are the subjugated sex in this one. The men are not mm-hmm. strong enough to avoid what they're thinking and what they're doing. I think right. some people would respond to that by saying like, well, it's justifying um, like sexual assault culture because it's like, oh, so the, the men can't control women should wear clothing is that kind of an argument. I don't take it that far. I just see it as that men should learn a lesson from this that you have to think a bit more, right? Like you have to be thoughtful about what's going mm-hmm. on. That, that It's not about um, just objectifying women. It's that it makes you weaker as a sex to just be so taken in by these con men in, or con women in this episode and that you're mm-hmm. not thinking, you're not showing intelligence. Archer's not um, being aware of all the different angles that are going on. I think it, it, as opposed to making the women seem weaker by putting them in clothes and stuff, the men of this episode, except for Trip, just come across as extremely feeble. And I think that that's the lesson right. of the the episode is that if they were th- more thoughtful about it, they wouldn't have gone into this whole situation. And maybe that's the um, your point about wrapping it up at the end. I see it as that's kind of the unspoken message of the episode is that sort of pay attention. Don't go with your baser instincts. Be Be a better human than to just go with the base instincts that are driving you biologically, you know? Yeah. I mean, you could argue that the ending plays out as a point in and of itself where it's like, yeah, they, they learned nothing. This yeah, is yeah. going to happen this, again. This, this, <laughs> it's been a long road, not learning yeah, a goddamn yeah. thing. They treat, they treat objects like women, man. <laughs> That's it. Thanks, everybody, for leaving your thoughts about Bound. That's the last standalone episode except for Finale, Clay, which is uh, its own really? standalone. Really? Oh, boy. Yep. We're so... We're getting there. Getting there. Gonna meet, gonna meet the chef pretty soon. Yeah. Very excited. So we've got the... Uh, in a mirror darkly is our next two and then we have the oh thank god <laughs> let's let's round this out with a two-parter in the fucking mirror universe awesome you will yep you will Oy. make sure and I have, i'll say this on camera so that people know it make sure you watch the opening credits for the next oh episode. well i don't have a choice i'm yeah, watching amazon. amazon now <laughs> but i think you'll enjoy it um they do change the credits so it's worth watching nice Excellent. um and after that, it's Demons and Terra Prime, I think. And that's the last two mini arc uh, to finish up the series. And then Which the finale. Is, is the next one the one that we're doing both episodes as a single episode? Yes. So the next one, we're going to be doing In a Mirror Darkly Part 1 and 2 as a single podcast because that's our rule about episodes that are named the same thing. But Part 1 and 2 within a season always get one show. So we'll do it here. I, if you are a writer on a modern Star Trek show. Please hold us to that by making every episode of your season have the same name. <laughs> That's how so we'd we cover won. Discovery. If it was yeah. all just like season <laughs> three, part one, one season yes. three, part yeah. two. Covering if it was an entire season of Discovery that we could cover in one episode, then we might we might actually do it again. Discovery gets too cute to call things Unification Part Three, you know, uh, right. out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah so we're not going like to do that. Un, like un, like Unforgiven Three. When Metallica goes back to the Unforgiven, well, you know, you gotta. It's over. Move on, I think. Yeah. Patreon.com/slash/thepenskyfell is the place to support the show. Much appreciated. Hope everyone has a nice New Year. I think this will come out before the New Year. If not, hope you had a good New Year. That's it. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? Uh, thanks for following us, following Amanda and my trek into the woods of Crystal Lake this year on Patreon as we covered the Friday the 13th films. Uh, by the time this comes out, the last entry 
will have been out and up on Patreon, which is the 2009 remake of Friday the 13th. And we have decided via patron poll that next year our Patreon coverage will be Stephen King adaptations, which are not on our main list. So we won't be doing like Dr. Sleep or uh, I mean, we'll do that on the main show, but we won't be doing Dr. Sleep or the uh, uh, the Dead Zone or stuff like that. That's on the main list. Only um, request I saw was Langoliers. Oh, interesting. I don't know if we're going to end up doing that one, oh, but uh, we will. We will getting be getting into a couple of the TV ones because I believe we're going to do it, and we are going to do the original Salem's Lot. I believe. Hmm. Um, we'll see what we end up. the uh, The newest episode of Rotten Heart Picture Show should have all the information there. So I think that comes out a couple of days before this. Stuff, yep. So yep. Cool. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. I'll get better eventually. Thank you for everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. We are close to the end of Enterprise. Scary close. That's it for Bound. I didn't give it a rating. I, I go to four. Sorry. It's a four, it's a four out of five for me. Um, top five Enterprise for me. I'd have to look. There's probably All other. Right. It's maybe not number two, but there's probably other episodes uh, snuck in. But I enjoyed it. The show, show rarely is about anything. You know, mm, think of all yeah, these episodes yeah. that are just Archer gets chased down a hallway or chases somebody down a hallway. Think about, think about that, Enterprise fans. If you disagree with Wes's rating, think about what he just said. The reason that he gave this rating so high <laughs> is because this show is never about anything. <laughs> not a single, not a single thing. That's not true. It's about thump some things, but I don't think it's as effectively about things as it could have ever been. We'll have a wrap-up when the season is over and the series is over. Cool. Everybody, have a good one. See ya.